Welcome to the official Jets podcast. We're presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Speaking of getting back together, here's Bart Scott, Leger, Doosable, the band back together. Good morning, fellas. Uh, Doos, so great for you to join us. Oh, man, EA, it's great being back on here with you guys. You know, me and Bart, we're in the studio. We kind of missed you last week. I know you were under the weather a little bit. But uh, it's good to be back on the podcast. It's been a while, fellas. So, man, a lot to talk about with the Jets and excited to get it, get it, get it going. Yeah, I was battling a little illness last week, but I'm happy to be back. And so great to see you guys. Okay, fellas. Bart, the Jets open up the year five and two. They've been the inverse of late the last seven games, two and five. Why has it been a tale of two halves for this team? Well, just not being able to finish, and every unit takes their turn. You know, I think, you know, they put so much stress on the offense because, you know, they don't, they don't, aren't able to flip the field. And Braden Mann decided to have a bad day as well. You know, this is something that's been a reoccurring theme, you know, in timely bad punts, you know, low punts. And, you know, they've been good and they've been bad. But I guess for this entire run, this two and five run, you could say they've been inconsistent. And that's the, that's the difference, because inconsistency. Can we start to depend on one unit not to have mental breakdowns to play full games? Can all three units play well at the same the same game? And that's been the difference, right? And you know, when you get you know to to teams that are good teams, you can't have these mishaps because that's what they're looking for. And you know, it's stressful, you know, just like in baseball, you talk about stressful pitches, it's stressful offense, it's stressful defense. When you turn over the ball, when you have bad punts, where you're not able to flip the field, then in turn, they're able to flip the field. You know, one thing that's the hidden yardage that people really don't talk about is just simply fielding the ball. Because when the turf gets hard, the ball dribbles, and then you stay away from it, and it could be a difference between 20 and 30 yards. You know, being able to gauge, you know, the leg of the opposing punter is a art and also a skill and something that's becoming a lost art because that's, you know, a lot of guys are fair catching the ball and a lot of guys are letting the ball hit the ground. Dudes, how challenging is the task you had for Robert Sala uh, because this is a short week. You lost another heartbreaker, a one-possession game to Detroit Lions. You had a lead at the two-minute warning. We're unable to get it done. So three consecutive games now where the Jets had opportunities in the fourth quarter. And this is a team who we had come to expect fourth-quarter magic from. Now they got to get up, get back at it, and face a hot Jacksonville team here Thursday night. And Robert Sala said it after the game, dudes. This team is in a likely you got to win out position. Yeah, no question. They got to handle their business. If they win out, I think they will get into the playoffs. But usually, EA, you're excited, and Bark can attest to this. When you lose a game, you get to play again on Thursday, get that bad taste out of your mouth. But this late in the season, I don't know how excited you are to be playing a Thursday <laughs> night game, especially because of the injury bug, right? We talked about Mike White being out. Uh, Quentin Williams will see uh, at, at a late injury to LaMarcus Joyner that I think really caught a lot of people off guard and kind of the Jets had to shift some things around with Adams being back there and Parks being back there at the safety position. Now you're talking about the continuity in the secondary. Is it the same without LaMarcus Joyner? He's that vet presence back there, has been in this defense for two years, kind of gets everybody lined up. So that's the only thing that kind of concerns you with a Thursday night game this late in the season. Are those guys going to be healthy enough to come back, and even Corey Davis, right? A lot of people thought he could potentially come back this last week versus the Lions. We'll see what his status is for Thursday. But like Robert Sala said, man, right? The chips are on the table. 
What are you going to do about it? You have three weeks, three games in a playoff scenario. Each one of these games will be like a playoff atmosphere. And if you look at the teams the Jets play, all three of these teams are vying for the playoffs as well. So these are going to be a tough three weeks. But if you want to be able to get into the dance, these are the type of games you have to win. Hey, Bart, if it is indeed Zach Wilson making a second consecutive start here and Mike White does not get clearance from Jets doctors for contact here, we're taping Tuesday morning. Kickoff is Thursday night at a little bit after 8 o'clock. What do you need to see from him in order for the Jets to secure victory? Because last week he had a couple touchdown passes, threw for 300-plus yards, had the interception, the completion percentage wasn't there, and that was a Detroit team that had entered the game that had given up a ton of yards and points, and the Jets were only able to muster 17 points. Well, I want to see him make the easy look easy. It's about being able – it seems like – he's delayed in looking at the rotation of the safety, trying to figure out the coverage, and it slows him down to get to the top of his drop. Understanding that if it's a five-step drop, you got to get there fast because the routes and the drops match up with each other. But if you don't get there with a sense of urgency for a seven-step drop, a three-step drop, a five-step drop, you're not prepared to deliver the football by the time the routes are designed to come open. So I want to see him be able to make timely throws off, you know, on, on time, you know, with good mechanics, because what what's happening is we know that he can make the off schedule stuff. You know, like when it went with that, with you know, the greats that used to always be around me, it was like, what makes you know great players great is they make the routine look routine. Mm-hmm. And you know, anybody can do the fantastic or the spectacular, but can you make the simple plays? That's because you're going to have more opportunities to make simple plays than the four or five splash plays that you're going to get. You know, so you, I want to see him be able to deliver the football on time, on platform know where to go with the football, and, you know, believe in the pocket. You know, you talk about Mike White, the reason why he was able to deliver balls on time is because he stayed in the pocket and he stayed bold. He didn't abandon the 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 um, eye of the hurricane, so to speak. Dues, regardless of what happens Thursday night, if Wilson starts, whenever Mike White gets clearance for contact from Jets doctors, would you anticipate that he resumes – or he, he's back in that starting quarterback role? It's a tough situation, EA, because it just depends on how Zach Wilson plays, right? Things that me and Bart talked about, making the simple look simple, right? The easy in-breaking routes in the middle of the field. If he can complete those in rhythm when that back foot hits, then it's a tough situation because let's not forget, you took Zach number two overall to be the franchise quarterback. And after having 300 yards last week, and now a lot of it was off platform outside of the pocket on bootlegs, which we know Bart isn't sustainable offense, but if he can live within the offense and make some of those big time throws, then, you know, the, the Jets Pratt brash has to get together and make a tough decision because we've seen how this team has embraced Mike white. We've seen the offense have success with Mike white, but if Zach Wilson can turn the page you took him number two overall. It's a tough decision to make. I ultimately believe that they will go back to Mike White if the Jacksonville Jaguars, if they take care of business and beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. But if they should lose that game, I think that they will stay with Zach Wilson. Yeah, because because at that point, it's not a playoff hope alive. Yeah. So then now it's like, well, we have to develop this kid for next year. But if Mike White, and, and you know, that's, that's the heartbreaking thing for Mike White. You know, the best availability is availability. And he got his opportunity but he has to find a way to stay healthy. I understand that we want him to be brave in the pocket, and we applaud him for that. But it is so, a such thing as taking care of yourself 
and making sure that you're available for your team. So sometimes you look at Peyton Manning, you look at uh, Tom Brady, you look at Aaron Rodgers, you fold up like a bad tent. You know, it's not always the time to be brave all the time in a badge of honor. You know, it's like a boxer that's used to taking being in brawls. It's not sustainable. So, you know, we, we applaud him at times. You have to take it, but he has to be a better decision maker as far as taking care of himself and not being reckless with his body. Uh, Dues, the defense continues to play at a championship level. Yes, I know they gave up the 51-yard backbreaker to Brock Wright on a blown coverage, but bottom line is they gave up 10 points against a Detroit offense that had been humming. They had scored at least 25 points in five consecutive games entering that ball game, and they continually stood up, especially inside the red zone. Bent but never broke, and then at the same time, they did all that without a pair of starters, including one of the best players in the National Football League, Quinton Williams. Yeah, to me, it was crazy on Twitter that people were trying to get at the defense. I mean, anytime you give up 10 points, now granted, you do not want to give up a score right when your offense goes down and takes the lead. But 10 points, Mark, 10 points in the NFL game, you should win that game going out right now. We saw that what happened on the busted coverage. I believe Quincy uh, Williams had him in man coverage, decided yeah. to blitz it. And we know this, Bart, in football talk, Green Dog, you brush through the man, right? You don't mm, rush away yeah. from – you rush through the man to the quarterback. Quincy will learn from that mistake. But this defense laid it on the line. You talked about it, EA. Not having the best right now for this season, I'm going to say it, the best defensive tackle in football this season out on the field, it hurts your defense. Not having a veteran in the back – that's played in this defense for two years at the safety position, the guy that's kind of the leader in that back end. That hurts this defense. And you said it, EA, time after time, they stood up, right? We got a special teams touchdown against us, and then also an interception that went into the red zone, and the Jets' defense stood up and held that to a field goal. So, like, when you give up 10 points, you're supposed to win a football game like that. And you talked about it, EA. Yes, I know the Lions are synonymous we're having an explosive offense, but this year they have an explosive offense. And for that Jets defense with a couple starters out, they held them to 10 points. They're still playing at a high level. See, but I, here's the, the inexperience, right? And, you know, the thing is, and I, I totally agree with you, you want to be there, but it's about it's sometimes not about the stops you get, it's when you get them. Yeah. And you're expected, if you want to be an elite defense, if you want to be put in, a, in, in, a, in the likes of, you know, shut down defenses, when they, you have to have a stop, in that instance, you got to lead that late in the game. You have to show up. And like you said, Quentin, Quentin will, will, will learn from that. But this is the thing about growing with young players when you mix with veterans. You have to understand if I'm C.J. Mosley, you know, front side linebacker is always going to fall for the play action. It's fourth and one. So he got caught in no man's land because he came up for, for, the, um, for, the, for the run action. When you do that, you're always – it's no way. It's impossible for you yeah, to play the run. Already. And take the front side line, take the front side defense. So you have to understand where the back went, and CJ has to understand he has to make it right because he's basically free. So you know CJ was looking for work because his guy was the running back, and I believe he stayed in. So if he stays in, you have to look for work because you essentially become free. Understand that you got a young quarterback. That's the hardest thing to do is be in man-to-man coverage and be the front side linebacker with play action to you and got to have it. And he didn't blitz. He just kind of came up and got stuck because he didn't know what to do and he didn't look for work and his guy's blocking. So that's something that, you know, when I talk about um, taking it to the next level, it's not just two-way communication. It's four-way communication. We used to call it flow, right? Whenever you get four strong, 
even if you're in man-to-man coverage, if one comes back, the backside guy is the guy that makes everybody right because he's the guy with no work. He's the guy that's last to the party, to the front side. He, he can make everybody right. I've seen this happen sometimes when you have man-to-man, they send a guy in motion, and then they bring three people in and they just pick each other. Those are the next steps that this defense has to take where teams can't get away with trying to use man beaters and use bad eyes. It's always somebody that's going to be free that's going to be able to take and make everybody right. That's how they become elite. Because in those situations, if CJ would have recognized, you know, I'm free, let me look for the guy coming back. We call that the old it play. Yep. He would have been able to take it. And then where they would have <laughs> went, then where they would have went for it. So it's still evolving. And this is the thing. I tell people all the time, veterans aren't veterans because they haven't made mistakes. Veterans are veterans because they learn from their mistakes. Mm. So this is something that this unit is going to have to learn from. And this is a part of only being in the system for two years. You don't know where, you know, sometimes the situational mistakes come from. This is something that they could grow from. I don't ever want to see another linebacker make this mistake because you have a fail safe in the backside linebacker communicating flow. Whenever it seems like it's four strong, you just scream flow out and everybody understands what's going on. All right, I got a couple things as far as learning points before we examine the entire AFC playoff picture because Dew said at the top here that he thinks the Jets still would earn a playoff berth if they indeed win out. A lot of work ahead for the Jets. So let, let's talk. Let's put last game to bed before we look ahead to Jacksonville and then examine the playoff picture. Number one, uh, Deuce. Learning curve uh, for a young staff at times. What do you think happened there at the end of the game? Did you hear Robert Sala talk about uh, the timeouts and and what happened with uh, the team as they were trying to get down the field and get Greg Zerline in position to get that tying field goal? Yeah, they were worried about, you know, Gary Wilson essentially making the first down marker, right? So that's why they didn't want to call the timeout. I get it. But in that situation, again, you can't take the timeouts, which you, you got to burn one there. And then Robert Sala come, came back and said, if he had to do it over again, he would have burnt a timeout right there. Um, and then uh, I believe after Zach Wilson got sacked, too, to me, you also have to, blo- you have to blow a timeout there because you just want to make sure everybody, you know, takes a breath. You know, it's kind of frantic after somebody gets a sack. You got guys running back down the field, trying to line up, get the next play going. But you want to just take a step back there and make sure your quarterback's head is level, right? Make sure the offensive line is communicating. Make sure everybody on the outside and the back knows the protection, knows the receivers, know exactly what play we're coming to. And to Bart's point, right, he just talked about two years in this defense. This is the second year that Robert Sala has been a head coach, right? These are certain situations that the Jets haven't really been in because they haven't mm. been in many games until like until this year where it was close coming down the wire. Usually we're up earlier this year and guys are trying to come back on us, right? So this is a situation that, you know, Robert Stoller will learn from, the offense will learn from, Michael LaFleur will learn from. It just sucks that it went against the Jets in that situation. So it's a learning curve here, right? You're a young coach. This is your second year on the job. We talked about it, right? Situational football, understanding what's going on when it's happening and being able to make the right call. Robert Sala said he put that on himself. He came back and said he would have handled it differently. WinBet is bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, they have what you need to win. Jets fans in New Jersey, sign up today and use promo code XJETS. And after placing your first $100 wager, you will receive $100 to bet with. 
you will receive a $50 free bet and a $50 casino bonus. Again, the promo code is XJETS. Offer subject to change, offer only available in New Jersey. Terms and conditions apply. You must be 21 or older to participate. Please visit winbet.com to view welcome offers available in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. Hey, gentlemen, for my money, Brant Boyer is one of the best special teams coordinators in the National Football League. But the Jets have given up two punt return touchdowns over the course of the last five games. Bart, you made your hay on special teams at the start of your career. What do the Jets got to do differently on teams to make sure that a return is not a backbreaker again over these next three games? Put your, put your punter on notice. Mm. That he's uh, he's auditioning for his job because both of those punt returns can be directly correlated with the fact that he served up bad balls. Not only did he not have hang time, he served it like right there on the, in the middle of the, uh, where it was easy. Because understand, when you're in backed up, your first priority is to make sure that you protect. So you're going to be late getting out. So that's when you need him to be able to make stressful kitch- kicks. I talk about stressful pitches early. You have to make sure that under pressure, you're able to deliver one of those big punts. And he just hasn't been able to come up big when the moment calls for it. That was a, a, a opportunity. Kick it out of bounds if that's the case. If you feel like you have to get it out fast because you're backed up, kick it out of bounds. You know, But he's not been able to, to, to really be able to kick the ball where it's supposed to. You talk about against the Patriots. The ball was supposed to be to the right hash. He served it up in the middle and then basically outkicked his coverage, and everybody is avoiding to the right because they believe that the ball is going to be kicked. So now you, what happens is you don't have the, the field fan the proper way, and something that these, these guys are going to have to do because you can't take it as an automatic that when a ball is supposed to be kicked to the right or kicked to the left that it's going to go there. You have to see the ball kick. So once the ball is kicked, you have to while you're running down in coverage, you have to look up to see if the ball is going where it's supposed to go. That will tell you – where that's going to tell you where the returner is going to end up. You know, when you look up and you see the ball going to the middle, then you know the returner is going to the middle. So you fan out and adjust your lanes. Just because something's supposed to go somewhere doesn't mean it always happens. No different than in a play where, you know, somebody's supposed to run a certain route. They're not there. You can't just blindly throw the ball there. You have to make the necessary adjustments. So it's about, you know, the main corporate 85% is the punter. The other 15% is the guys that are covering understanding that they have to see the ball kick. I mean, especially on, on, on punt and kickoff, we were taught to take the ball off the tee because the, it's wind up there. Guys shank punts all the time. So if it's supposed to go to the right, somebody shank it to the left. If you don't see it, you're going to be running to the right. You're, you're, you're basically blocking yourself. Leger, Trevor Lawrence, he's on a heater right now. Uh, this is going to go together because we were talking about the Jets defense before what we haven't seen. And we talked about it before we started taping the pod here is that Jets are not getting takeaways. You think they could have some opportunities to get some this week, but can you talk about the challenge that not only Lawrence presents, but the way he's connecting with all those skill position players in Jacksonville? Yeah, it's amazing what happens when you have a coach come in there and actually believes in your skill set and what you can do, right? I mean, Trevor Lawrence, a lot of people worried that Urban Meyer ruined him last year, but (laughs) we've seen glimpses of the guy that went number one overall, that talent evaluators said was the 
greatest quarterback they've seen since Andrew Luck as far as evaluation coming out. And he's just been really efficient with the ball these last four or five weeks of the season. Now, he will serve one up to you. Now, last year he had a lot of turnovers, but we saw last week versus the Dallas Cowboys, right? They have a chance to potentially tie that game up. He's running with the football, gets it punched away. Turnover, another bad pick earlier in that game. Luckily, his defense was able to go three and out, and they kicked the field goal to go into overtime, and we saw what happened in overtime. Tips and overthrows, got to get those. Rayshon Jenkins scores a touchdown, but he's done a really good job, and Doug Peterson has done a really good job with him as far as spreading the ball around, right? Kristen Kirk was a guy that a lot of people kind of scoffed at that contract. Well, not so much now. He's had a really good year, and then we saw – Zay Jones last week go slap off versus the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. And then other times, you know, it's, it's been other guys. Evan Ingram has been a guy. I mean, Travis Etienne in this run game, like I know we've talked about Trevor Lawrence. This run game is legit for Jacksonville. Like I know a lot of people wondered, could Etienne carry the load? Cause he was more of a tweener type back at Clemson. This guy gets downhill and he has top end speed. So if the jets aren't there and Bart talked about it, right? Communication on defense, knowing where flow is, knowing if, you know, they have guard pull or, or in zone scheme, right? If you're the cutback guy, you have to be where you're supposed to be because if he gets to that second level, Barton Yeh, it's lights out. This guy has home run speed and will get to the end zone and score a touchdown. So this is not the typical Jacksonville team that you're accustomed to, right? They have weapons on offense. They spent more money than anybody this yeah. offseason. <laughs> and let's not forget Foley. Coming back to MetLife this week. Oh, he'll be ready to, to go. This defense has given up some points, but they've been opportunistic as well. Yeah, and I had, you know, I, I covered them in Kansas City, you know, live and to see them in person. You know, they they made a lot of plays against Kansas City. They just made untimely mistakes, but I feel like they've really found their rhythm and understand who they are and what their identity is supposed to be. And ETN is a guy also that is step on the train tracks and try and run you over. He can be physical, too. He's not just a guy that's looking for the home run ball. And you talk about the veteran Marvin Jones as well, a guy that makes timely catches. You know, so, like, you know, the problem is that, you know, when you go man-to-man, Trevor Lawrence is one of these guys, much like Josh Allen, that's much bigger than you think, and he can run as well. So, he, he you remember, they use him at Clemson as a, like, RPO type of guy, you know what I mean, and also a guy that was, you know, and doing the read option as well and taking off on people. So, he can do that. You talk about the – you know, untimely turnover that he had, but, you know, he he got that first down and he's competitive as well, too. So, I mean, like right now you can see that he's starting to get comfortable in the system and starting to operate the system at a high level. So it's going to be a hard task for the Jets because if you dare play cover one, you turn your backs, he breaks that pocket. The good thing is with Cam Robinson, well, not a good thing. You never want to applaud someone being hurt, but Cam Robinson is out. Right. So that should, you know, make a better um, opportunity for the Jets to be able to get to him. But you got to bring him down. He's much bigger than you think. They're going to have to do a good job in tackling. Now, ETN is, you know, not one of these backs that the Jets have struggled with. It's been more like the Williams, the thicker backs that bounces off of them. So they got to make sure that they have a great day tackling. No, no yak yards or no, no runs after contact for the Jets. They have to be efficient and try and flip the field. All right, let's get into the playoff picture right now. The Jets enter the weekend, AFC's number nine seed. Uh, Jacksonville comes into MetLife hot team, an ascending quarterback, fascinating matchup for a number of reasons. But dudes, when you look at the schedule, versus Jacksonville, at Seattle, at Miami, mm -hmm. they're all going to be tough in some ways, but what do you think is the most uh, difficult game there? 
I mean, EA, we've been talking about this for what the last five weeks. We all think it's going to come down to week 18 in Miami. Mm-hmm. I think the Jets do take care of business this Thursday. Jacksonville on the short week, you talked about it. Their left tackle, Cam Robinson, being out for this game. And then coming up to the cold at night, right? This is a team that's in Jacksonville. They're in the AFC South now. They're used to playing a lot of cold weather games. Team that likes to throw the ball around. Now, yes, they do run the ball with Travis Etienne. I just think the physical nature of our defense with the cold elements, the Jets get it done. I think it's going to come down to week 18. We could see a, a win and get in scenario in week 18 versus Miami. Yeah, and everything that I said about Miami happened, right? I told you they were <laughs> lose three in a row and potentially maybe lose against um, the Patriots, I believe, in the cold weather there. Now the Patriots mm-hmm. have their own issues, but I'm assured that they're going to get scolded for the play that they had, the mishap, you know, Wrote, wrote down as the dumbest play in football history. Oh, we're going to get to that. <laughs> now, 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 you know, but you know, when that happens, you know, people get held accountable and they're on pins and needles and they usually come back and they respond, you know, mm-hmm. because they're embarrassed. So you got to be, you know, so I, I believe that, you know, it's going to be a tough game for Miami, but everybody now, the problem is you've opened the door for the, for the chargers who, you know, have an opportunity to have the easiest road you know, to, to victory because they have the easiest schedule remaining when you consider to competition. All right, let, let's run through it real quick. Deuce, Chargers yep. are 8-6. and six. They've won a couple games in a row. Justin Herbert getting it done late again against Tennessee in a close matchup. They got at Indianapolis Monday night. Who knows what the Colts are going to be looking matter. like. After, after you lose that game like you did in that fashion, they, they shutting it down for the year. <laughs> oh, yeah. my no, no, goodness. No, no, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and Jonathan Taylor's out. <laughs> yeah, then a short week, you play the Rams and Baker Mayfield, and then Dumb. you finish the year at Denver. Here's the thing with the Chargers, eight and six, so they're one game north of the Jets. The other thing to consider at the moment, they have a better conference record as well. Yeah, I think the Chargers, I've been saying this for the last two weeks. I said if the Chargers took care of business versus Miami, which I, I had them winning versus Miami, I said the Tennessee game is going to loom big, right? Mm. Depending on what happens in that game, I think the Chargers are going to win out after that game. And it looks, right, to the to the naked eye, EA, you just explained it. The Colts just had a, uh, I don't even know what you want to call it, debacle, whatever word you want to put out there, up 33 nothing and lose a game. It's hard to bounce back from that as a team, right? Interim, new head coach and Jeff Saturday. Then you talk about them playing and finishing with the Denver Broncos. Now, they showed some fight since Russell Wilson has been hurt. It'll be interesting to see. Do they shut Russell Wilson down and let Brett Rippon continue to play? Because this offense yeah. has scored more points this year with him at quarterback than Russell Wilson at quarterback. So, you look at that game, and then uh, what was what was the last game? Yeah, the one in between? Uh, the, the one in between, the Rams. Rams, right. We just yeah. saw them last night. Now, that defense has showed up every game, but nobody's scared of that offense at all. And they've dealt with so many injuries. And I think the Chargers, again, that is a home-slash-rivalry game because they're in the same stadium. But I think Justin Herbert and the Chargers are, hit, are getting, hitting their stride on offense at the right time. And, it, and supposedly, right, they can get Derwin James and also, you know, Joey Bosa back. This mm. team could get hot at the right time going into playoffs. And I'm telling you, that's one team I think a lot of AFC teams don't want to see. I like them to get in. I think it's going to be a three-team uh, race with the Jets, the uh, Patriots, and the Dolphins for that last spot. Oh, okay, beautiful. So that's a great setup for you, Bart. Miami hosts Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers on Christmas Day. It's unbelievable. The Packers still have an opportunity to make the playoffs. They're not mathematically eliminated. Then, as you mentioned before, Miami's at New England, and then they finished the year with the Jets. Let me give you the Patriots' schedule. This is daunting, fellas. 
I, I think I just watching what happened with New England last week and watching their pass offense. I I just don't think they might go they're going to be able to get this done. They got versus Cincinnati at home. I mean, they're hosting Cincinnati. Joey Burrow and company, one of the hottest teams in the league, versus Miami again at Gillette, and then they finish up at Buffalo. And Buffalo could be playing for a number one seed at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the Patriots um, they win. They might win one. I think it'd be the one against the Dolphins. You know, Dolphins once again, New Year's Day coming up to that those cold elements, and it's different because they're going to have to face heavy runs, right? And Stevenson is going to be coming downhill. I think that's a much different. Um, scenario than going against Buffalo, who wants to pass the ball. You know what I mean? So I think the elements loom different because I think that the Patriots can basically keep that offense off the field by just grounding, pounding them to death, eliminating the possessions. And their defense is much better than Buffalo's, Buffalo's is. So I think that's the L. But I think, you know, other than that, I think they lose the other two. So I think they win one and lose two more. And then you would figure even if a couple of these teams lose a couple of games, these teams at six and eight, Deuce, mm. the Raiders got a tough schedule. They got at Pittsburgh who's been playing better. They host the 49ers who are one of the NFC's elites at this what? point. And then they host Kansas City. And then there are a couple other six and eight teams I want to get to real quick. Cleveland and Pittsburgh, but the Jets beat both of those teams. Yeah, so we on the tiebreaker over there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and if you look at it, and you can essentially throw Jacksonville in there as well, too, um, since we're but, talking about pair playoff scenarios. Jacksonville wins out. I think the Tennessee Titans might be in trouble. Honestly, I think whoa. they're only what? Yeah, I think they're, what, a game back now yep. of them? Yeah. So, Tennessee 7-7 like, seven and, seven I think they and Jacksonville week 18 eight. They play each other. Yeah, they play each other. Yeah, they do. In Jacksonville. So, honestly, I think the it, it, we always talk about it, right, Bart? You want to be playing your best football in late December and January, and that's what Jacksonville is doing right now. Tennessee has been the total opposite. They've been bad. Now, we finally saw that defense play up to its head coach's standards last week, but the offense just couldn't get it done last week versus the Chargers. So, I mean, it, it'll be interesting coming down down the stretch, and, and that's why this is NFL football, right? Because this might be the first season where, besides the Philadelphia Eagles and depending on what happens to Jalen Hurts, there might not be a team that rests week 18 because there's so many play, different playoff scenarios. Yeah. Hey, Bart, uh, final thoughts here. You mentioned New England. The end of the game, because I am in the holiday spirit of giving. I need you to <laughs> give me your opinion on what happened because we've heard for decades about the master of situational awareness. Uh, I've never seen a game. I've never seen a game end like that before. Yeah, I mean, Chandler Jones, who was basically loafing on the play, you know, got a, got an early Christmas gift, and now he's the hero, the stiff arm heard around the world, right? You know, so, like, you, you look at it, and I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, you get to go into to overtime, you're tied up. It's not a last um, second of the scenario. I know a lot of some of those players, maybe one or two, were on that team that lost to Miami when Miami did the same mm-hmm. thing that was loud on the football back and forth. But, like, I mean, when you loud on the football back um, five yards – and then lateral back 15 yards. I don't know if mac and cheese got those type of afterburners to get to the edge anyway. So I was like, <laughs> it, was, it was a mute point. Um, I'm sure it's one of those things that, you know, instinctively you just trying to make a play and you forget the scenario. But um, that, that goes to the coaching staff, you know, telling them, hey, get down. You know, we're going to take it into overtime. They ran the ball as if they thought they can do something. And I don't know if they were instructed or not to be able to pitch the ball after. Seemingly, maybe no 
But who knows? You know, with this coaching staff, they don't have any offensive-minded guys there to tell them and remind guys, don't go full Tropic Thunder. And that's exactly what they did. They went simple well, jack. Well, this is my thing, Bart, right? If you're going to run it out, why not just take a knee in that scenario? Right? That goes back to what you said about the, the offensive-minded coaches, right? They got a defensive coordinator. That's their offensive guy and also an ex-special teams guy. In those scenarios, right, we go through these, go over these during, you know, practice and during training yeah. camp, Bart. You tell your players, right, we're just going to go into overtime and we're going to try to win it in overtime. If you want to run it, just like you said, Bart, tell them, when you get contact, get down, because the last thing you need is somebody strip you and they scoop and score right there, you know, and that that type of scenario. So I go back to, you know, the Patriots hiring a guy that hadn't been on the offensive side in years and a guy in Joe Judge who'd never been on the offensive side before. I think coaching matters, and right there it came back to bite him. Um, Jacoby Myers already, you know, stood up like a man and said, I was just trying to do too much. That's on me. I shouldn't have done that. But as coaches, sometimes you got to put your players in the best situations so they can have success, right? You talk to them before they go out on the field and say, Ramondre, if you break one and you feel like you can go to the house, then do it. But after that, just go down. We're playing overtime. Yeah. Uh, the, the Patriots have struggled in the passing game throughout the year. Uh, but, I, again, uh, Belichick, a fantastic coach. I mean, his resume is incredible, but it's just shocking when you see a Patriots team pull off a play like that. And we'll be remembering that one for decades, long after all three of us are retired. So let's end here. What do you think the landscape will look like Thursday night if the Jets win? I just feel like, you know, obviously a little bit of a negative vibe out there for Jets Nation, but man, you win game. Thursday night, you're eight and seven, and then you get a chance to watch all these teams battle over the weekend on Saturday and Sunday, dudes. I, I think it, you just have a totally different outlook if the Jets can pull this one off. Yeah, what's the saying? EA winning cures all. So you go out there <laughs> and win a game Thursday, and you get to sit back and relax. And, you know, again, the Jets technically don't own their own right to get into the playoffs. But again, I think the way that we just talked about the schedules, if the Jets win three in a row, I believe they get in. So you sit back eight and seven and you, you go to Seattle next and you see everybody else play, you know, these games this weekend with the Miami Dolphins and the Patriots playing and then Buffalo playing, you know, some other teams. And um, you're, you're already up on a game on the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you don't have to worry about them anymore right now you're just worried about the Chargers, who we think you know are, are most likely going to win out right so i think it's you, you turn your attention to miami and if, to say that you're not looking at other teams when you play on a thursday night and you have the weekend you're lying to yourself now you probably do get a, a head start on some seattle film and everything but you're watching these scenarios play out especially if you play on the thursday night game so i think everybody's attention if the jets do take care of business because at the end of the day that's all that matters you got to take care of your own business first you got to go out here and get a win Versus a Jacksonville Jaguar team, no matter who's out there, whether it's Mike White playing or or Quinn uh, Quinn Williams playing or Lamarcus Joyner or Corey Davis, like whoever's out there has to find a way to dig deep and get this win. And close is just not good enough, right? Too many one score losses for yep. the Jets these last couple of weeks. You have to be able to finish, get some turnovers. I talked about it earlier. Trevor Lawrence will give you the ball in certain scenarios, so you got to take the ball off them. If this defense, you know, wants to get to that elite status that Bart talked about, right? It's about doing the details, right? Knowing the details, knowing what you got, and not giving up pivotal plays and, and pivotal situations in games. So if they are able to do that, I think the Jets will sit back, watch what's happening with the Miami game, watch what's happening with the Patriots game, and then, again, get back to work and get ready for Seattle. 
a great job fellas uh holiday weekend uh, bart what's your household gonna be looking like i know a lot of work for you yeah a lot of a lot of paper to be cleaning up you know what i'm saying but you know it's all for the kids right hopefully the older kids don't require wrapping you put them in gift bags and then you just fold the bag up that's the worst part about christmas is all the things that you open you got to clean it up deuce how about you yeah, same thing as Bart, man. Um, you know, I actually, for the first time in years, brought a real Christmas tree this year, fellas. So yeah. I got a, a nice real Christmas tree in the house. <laughs> uh, make sure I got to water it because I've been gone for a week. Um, but yeah, yeah a lot going to be spending some time with some family. It's a, probably be the first weekend I have off, I think, this whole season. So <laughs> it'll be good to be around family. Hey, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everybody out there. We'll see you next week. Nice job, fellas. Oh, yeah.